Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 83. We got a guy that a bunch of people who follow Big XJs on Instagram probably know, or at least you've seen. Uh, he's been around a while. I feel like your Jeep's been around a while. Um, Mustang XJ Craig, uh, I think Darnell, we're going to call you Darnell, I believe. Um, that is your first name. name. Yeah, first name is Kylie. Kylie, okay. Well, yep. whatever, whatever works. That's my alias. Mm. Is Darnell or Kylie? Kylie. Kylie is my actual name. Darnell Craig is my my alias. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a bunch of first names. What can I say? Yeah, my that's dad's great. the same way. He's like James Kent. Like, and they're interchangeable. Some people will call him one. Other people call oh. him the others. I always knew him as Ken, so it's just weird. Weird. I get that. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's totally unrelated. Um, <laughs> the your your Jeep. I guess we we've sort of talked before we even started here. We know you're into other stuff here, but we're gonna start with the Jeep. Um, is that where you started with that thing, or like I guess? Tell us how about did, how yourself did, and how'd you get to there? Yeah, pretty there you much. Go. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> All right. All right. So, I mean, it depends on how far you want to go back. Um, oh, take us back. Build us the picture. Okay. So, here I was, uh, 1980. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, um, in the late 90s, I'm going to say probably 97, 98, I lived in Colorado Springs. Um, and there was a company called Moab Off Road there um, that had. That they, you know, they were just an off-road shop. Uh, my neighbor worked there. Um, I was uh, 16 years old, maybe 17. And my neighbor, it, my dad was in the Air Force, so we lived on an Air Force base. My neighbor was married to a girl that, that was in the military. And him working there, um, he, he, and I started working there and doing all, you know, the, the bitch work work uh if you will the sweeping floors um let's see i i did like a shackle rear shackle lift on on a tacoma or i don't even think it was a tacoma back then yet it might have still just been a pickup um a bunch of random stuff but got me into it um he had a uh like an 80s um like an 80s ram uh 150 that was four-wheel drive we jacked it we put a five inch like soft ride lift on it and had thirty those big old honking thirty six by fourteen fifty swampers. I don't know if you ever seen them. The radials they're super wide. Um, but yeah, thirty six. Thirty uh, thirty six by fourteen fifty. Oh, okay. Yeah, Just, yeah, wide boys. So and, and this is nineties. You know, thirty sixes were monsters. You know, nobody ran. Oh, yeah. So um, we had M four fifty six gears and lock rides front and rear, and um, um, we did a bunch with that. Went out to Moab. Uh, it was a long bed too. It was a regular cab long bed, um, and we bobbed the bed so it was short. Or it, it was shorter, but it didn't have you know still long wheelbase. Yep. And it sucked at Moab because it was so long. We kept bending. We bent two drive shafts while we were there. Wow. That was terrible. So. No. Anyway, see, that, sorry. This is a side note. Here is, mm-hmm. I feel like you see a bunch of longer rigs or full size rigs. Maybe I'm not thinking of Moab. No, it definitely is. You see that stuff at Moab, right? Yeah. I feel like they do okay. Moab full-size invasion yearly event that they do. 
Yeah, well, see, the most most full size trucks have a carrier bearing to split the drive shaft oh, in half. Oh, okay, okay. And this and you this didn't sucker have didn't bearing. So it had, I kid you not, the drive shaft was like ten feet long. It was ridiculous. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that was your dragging point. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it it hit all the time. So it was fun though. I had a blast. Um, the guy that ran the shop, um, he's actually um, he still does a lot. Um, he goes by Badlands Off Road, like on Facebook. Um, but he had a YJ with an AMC 401, Dana four like full width Dana 44s, and I think 37s. It was it was a neat rig. It was maroon. It was a beautiful truck, and it had like flat fenders on it, but it still had the square headlights, square YJ headlights. Neat neat rig. Um, yeah, that's a really that- interesting combination of parts there. Well, yeah, it was yeah. an interesting motor choice too. Cool motor yeah. choice. Yeah, super rowdy. Um, but you know, that's that's kind of where I started out. Um and then uh my dad retired and he him and my mom were from Indiana, so we moved back to Indiana. And Indiana's not the you know four wheeling mecca of the world, so I kinda got out of the four wheeling for a while. Got in more into hot rods, built a couple Camaros. Yeah. You know I'm sorry. That, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Bro, if it ain't a Novo, I don't want it. Get it the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I, I love I love everything. I love Camaros and Mustangs and Challengers and Char. I love all the stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, so as long as um, it's not a Chevelle, I'm okay with it. Everybody, everybody and their fucking cousin does a goddamn '72 Chevelle, and they think it's the greatest thing ever. But then you look down the row, and then there's like three more of the exact same fucking yeah. kills. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Anyway, um, time goes by. I get married. Um, 2007 hits. Market goes to shit. Everybody lost everything. I lost my job. Um, I, that's when I joined the Air Force myself. And we moved to South Carolina. In South Carolina, there's a lot more wheeling. Um, and I kind of was like, man, I kind of could get into this. And I started having kids, and the, the hot rodding thing wasn't doing it. So I started looking. I was looking at Broncos, like full-size Broncos. I was looking at... Um, what else? A K5 Blazers. Um, a whole bunch of different things. And I, I'm looking at YJs. I always like YJs. I like the square headlights and I like leaf springs because I'm a, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, I stumbled upon my, my Jeep that I have now. Um, it was 4500 bucks. Um, it was super clean. I don't know if you've seen any of like, the old pictures of it. I don't think I've uh, seen It's still pretty clean. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, it but, is, uh, it's I, it doesn't look like it's too beat to shit. Yeah, I, I try to avoid trees. Um, that's the only way I stayed. But um, when I bought it, it had um, it's a two thousand one. It had about two hundred and six thousand miles on it. Um, that's and it's been it's higher than I would have expected. For it, oh yeah, I guess you're you're down south, so it's uh not as big of a deal rust wise i'm thinking two hundred thousand miles the thing would be clapped like oh in indiana oh in indiana same it would have oh, been clapped. okay oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. being in georgia and south carolina that's i bought it in south carolina and gotcha. it was from georgia and oh, it was really clean yeah yeah been in the south its whole life it didn't have a speck of rust on the whole thing um but it had a skyjacker um rock ready lift on it but it wasn't the Rock Ready lift that you know of. It was the first gen Rock Ready. The sucker was made from like 2000 until like 2003. 
So this thing had a Skyjacker lift kit on it from basically the day it was brand new. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It's a kit that they didn't, they haven't, they didn't make for a long time. Um, but it had 456 gears in it and it had a Detroit true track in the rear. Um, it had an eight, eight swap in the rear from Explorer had disc brakes and all that stuff. And the front had a high pinion 30 instead of the low pinion that a 2001 would normally come with. So, Somebody had done a bunch of work to it. Yeah, um, they did that first stepping stone. Yeah. Right, bigger rear well, axle. High opinion. The guy, the guy I got it from, he was just a, you know, he's a southern, you know, redneck. He he decided he it didn't sit high enough for him, so he took the, the 8-inch lift and he put 2-inch pucks on the front. Oh, God. On top of the 8-inch lift and 2-inch lift blocks on the back on top of the, you know, the 4-inch springs and 3-inch or 2-inch shackles and, you know, all that stuff, so... And it was still on 33s. Wow. That just <laughs> oh, yeah. looked weird. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, I got, I think I, I think I paid 4,200 or 4,500 bucks for it. Um, and mostly because it was really clean and it ran really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the best running Cherokees. I, it still is one of the best running Cherokees I've ever had. Um, but I took it home. First thing I did was got rid of those pucks and the, and the lift blocks. Um, then, the steering was still, it's still had factory steering on it with that big of a lift. Like the, you know, the real small tie rod ends and all that stuff. So uh, I did have an adjustable track bar on it. So I put a, uh, the Iron Rock off-road, um, you know, that solid roll, cold rolled steel um, steering system that they have. Uh, that's what I put on it for a while. And I was pretty happy with it. And I, I wheeled it. I wheeled it a couple times down in Gulch's. And I think I went up to URE in North Carolina also with it like that. Um, it was it worked really really well. It flexed the front flexed awesome. Um, I couldn't believe how well it flexed. Uh, road, road like trash, but it flexed really well. Um, hey, this uh, is, uh, I guess you need both. So um, the way that Rock Ready kit was made, it had. Um, you know how you know how they have all those, the drop brackets for the control arms and stuff like that. Yep. Well, this this one, it was like a system. The drop brackets, um, it moved the lower control arm back and down. It moved it back like two inches and down two inches. Um, Wouldn't it want to go forwards though to give proper caster angle what, though? Yeah, let, let me like I'll, I'll tell oh, you. It's, God. So. <laughs> And then it was also a transmission cross member. So it was long. Like it was like it was a whole like it bolted up to the transmission bolts. Um and it bolted into the lower control arm mounts. And um then the uppers, it moved the uppers up to give you more separation on the this was a crazy engineered kit. They really thought this out. And then on the axle it had a truss that bolted to the original upper control arms and moved them up two inches to give you more separation. That is and then weird. All double adjustable control arms that were longer than the factory ones. So it was still a short arm kit, but it was they were probably four inches longer than the factory control arms. That sounds wacky. It sounds oh, very over engineered. Oh yeah. Like, wow. But it so it was open in the front. And I don't know that I ever spun a tire on the front. Hmm. I, 
It was crazy. It would climb. This the way it worked really, really well. I yeah. I didn't wheel it too much when it had the thirty threes. There were those uh, Cooper, those Cooper MTs. I think it was. Um, yep. um, and I put or before them. It was before them, but it was their aggressive, their mud tire, whatever they were. This was shoot. This was ten years ago, probably now. Nah, eight years ago. Um, I bought the those red label General Grabbers. Um, the the whoa, diamond hold. pattern ones. Yeah, they had yeah, they had red yeah. label. Wait, like sticky red label? Or you just mean the red, the, red lettering? The, you know the red. Oh, no, they were not excited. <laughs> but um, I, I actually really like those tires, though. I think they're really neat tires. Um, they're definitely cool. I, I I don't know if they work great, but it's a cool looking tire. I'll give them that. Yeah, for everything that I did with in it, they worked really well. I never had an issue with them. Um, they drove relatively okay. Um. Well, after um, so after I wheeled it the second time, um, I was looking the Jeep over, and I drove it everywhere. I didn't have a trailer or nothing, so I drove it, you know, two hundred miles to go wheeling. Um, I, I looked at it, and the that upper control arm mount on the axle side was the um, let's see, the one on the passenger side was completely broke off the Jeep, like it was not attached anymore. And I'm two hundred miles from home. I'm like, oh jeez, oh lord. <laughs> So, so I, you know, dig around in my Jeep and found a ratchet strap and just ratchet strapped it back together. And I drove home. It drove perfectly fine. Uh, you know, I was real nervous at first running like, you know, 50 down the interstate. And I just slowly went up to 60 and then I went up to 65. Then I went up to 70 and just like, send it. Dude. <laughs> what's, yeah. Once you realize that it's, it's, it's holding together. Yeah. yeah it's always that it's first a- few minutes that sucks or that first 10, 15 on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, after I got home, I took it all apart and I, I ended up ordering that, uh, the iron rock, uh, Y link kit, the infamous Y link that everybody yeah. dislikes nowadays. I don't hate it. I didn't hate it. I hate it. I hated the way it made my Jeep drive, hmm. uh, with the four link on the front, it drove like a dream and I don't have any sway bars on it. So, but it drove like a dream. It didn't, it didn't lean. It didn't handle bad. It, there's nothing that was bad about it. But the uh, the Y Link made a body roll really bad, and I drove it every yeah. day. This daily driver, so I didn't like that. Um, That's kind it of actually allowed. No, it makes sense because it actually allowed the suspension to articulate. Because when you're yep. on short arms, it keeps it so oh, clamped yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. How it actually is allowing it to flex now. Yeah, that's and that's probably why it broke that upper control arm mount was because it was so it was keeping it so tight. Yep. So, but it it flexed awesome the four link, but the, yeah, the Y Link flexed even better. But it just was sketchy to drive, um, and I wheeled it a couple times. Um, a bad, or not Badlands at the um, Gulches in South Carolina, which is a it's a small park, but it's just obstacle on top of obstacle on top of obstacle. Like there's so much there, just it's just right there, you know. Everything's within, you know, a hundred feet of each other. Well, that's, that's pretty, pretty sweet. sweet. We like those parks. Yeah. Uh, Jinx, Cody. Yeah, Jinx. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> That's around the time I, I went to I went to Gulch's one last time right before I moved to Texas, and that's when I blew. I didn't blow the U joint out, but it was uh, it was making some racket, and, it, and I'm pretty sure I bent the ears on the um, out you know on the U joint out of the axle on the driver's side, and I was like, hmm, it, it was it was pretty bad. It was making all kinds of racket, so I, I nursed her home, and that's when I moved to Texas. 
Um, after moving to Texas, um, I got with a guy that uh, worked there, and he was he had built a couple rigs. He was from Washington area, and he had built a couple big, like two buggies, a couple pretty big Toyotas. Um, and he was like, and I was talking to him about putting one of those G2 uh, Dana 44s, you know, the bolt-in units. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I mean, so this was probably six years ago, and they weren't that expensive. It was like twenty three hundred bucks, and that was wow. with gear, That's not locker. Yeah, you just use reuse your spindles and your you know your outers and stuff. And um, but he was like, you know, I think you could probably put tons in it for that. <laughs> so. That that's kind of that was the start of that. Um, I ended up taking the axles out like the next weekend. I dropped the I, I sold the lift kit. I sold the axles. I sold the steering. Um, I I ended up making good money. I ended up selling all that stuff for probably fifteen hundred bucks. Um, wow. I think I made I think I made what I paid for the tires. I got really good deal on, so I ended up selling the tires for the same thing I paid for them. It's always um, when you can do that. Yeah, I wish I was good at selling stuff, um, and I'm just not. <laughs> so I, I just got lucky, I guess. Craigslist was still the thing. I don't even think marketplace, you know, Facebook marketplace was a thing yet. Um, but the uh, the the sixty I got for the front is the you know the good old ninety nine to four Dana sixty. Yep. Uh, didn't know any better, you know. Uh, they, yeah. Everybody shits on them, but they're not that bad. I well. I like the knuckles better on the 04 99 yeah, so, than the 05. I so don't a lot like of the knuckles. A lot of people get their mind blown when when I tell them the whole story about the front axle. So I I go to the junkyard and I'm just digging through their pile of axles, you know, they're all out just sitting there. And I'm like, "Well, that one looks pretty complete." And my buddy looks at it and he's like, "That looks like a 60." We popped the cover off of it, measured the ring gear, made, trying to make sure we didn't get a 50. Mm-hmm. Um I go up there and they're like, yeah, 300 bucks for that. And I was like, that doesn't seem too bad. So I went ahead and paid for it and got it home and then, you know, tore it down. And then, uh, like the next day I found my rear end as a Sterling out of a, like an 08 or 09 F two fifty. I think it was 150 bucks on Craigslist or something. And, uh, so I went and got it. Um, the the gears that are in it, I put 538s in it. They're Yukon 538s. Um, I actually got those from Pirate. They were technically used. Um, a company was doing a set of uh, Super Duty axles for a JK, and they had them listed for, uh, or they they had them installed for the customer, and then the customer didn't have the money to pay them for the gear install, so they <laughs> took them back out. So. Yeah, so they were brand new. They'd just been set up. And so, they, you know, the gears were brand new, and the setup kit was all brand new. And I got them for, like, I can't, man, I, it was like three or $400 cheaper than what a new set of gears and setup kit would be. That's not bad at uh, all. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. The the uh, the rear end was a factory posi, and I ran that for a little while until it was just complete trash. Um, I ended up trading it for an open... Uh, for uh, with a buddy of mine and uh, I just you know I welded it up and then I put a big piece of quarter inch steel in there and welded it to everything too um, the front's just welded also um, the, the here's the thing that a lot of people um, 
get surprised about is the Dana 60 is exactly the way it was besides the gears as it was the day I bought it. I'm talking the hubbies are the ones from the junkyard. The rotors are the ones from the junkyard. The axle shafts are from the junkyard. The U-joints are the ones out of the junkyard. I didn't touch it. Wow. Yeah. Jinx. What the fuck, Graham? Are you just going to say everything <laughs> I say? God damn. No, you're yeah. copying me. Um, <laughs> that's impressive. I'm pretty sure I seize a caliper up on my front or rear axle like at least so, every six months. One of them the only, up. The only thing, I, I did have to put a caliper in it. Um, I did I did do that. Um, the uh, When I got it, it didn't have the bracket. It had one brake bracket and it didn't have calipers on it, but I you know, perused the Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. I think marketplace was a thing at that point. And I found a guy that had a two wheel drive F three fifty that he was parting out and all the brakes for all the super duties are the same. Doesn't matter whether it's two wheel drive or four wheel drive. No, that's good to know. So I went and got the, the brake brackets and calipers and brake pads and hoses and everything. And it's still even I the brake pads I have are the ones that came off that parted out truck. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so they were so good. So I just I hit them with the buff pad and knocked the rest off of them. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. So um, the the way I did the the arms, I just bought like a like a five foot stick of two inch quarter wall DOM, and I cut it in half. And I was like, that's how long my arms will be. <laughs> um, I you know I stuck the. Um, I, I had a two by six, um, piece of steel. I bought a 20 foot piece of it, um, from the local, like structural steel place. And that's what I made my cross member out. It's not like cut in the middle. So the transition comes out easier or anything. I just, you know, it was easy. You just bolted Um, it or welded it in or whatever you did. Uh, well, it it bolts in, like I can unbolt it, but it's not like split in the middle. So you can drop the transmission. Okay. Um, I never plan on pulling the transmission if I had to. So, <laughs> um, That's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. I, do I don't want to. <laughs> um, the uh, let's see. Um, I the the originally I was going to do a radius arm on it, and then the more and more research I I did, this was I I didn't really know anything about suspension setups. And that, that's when I started learning that why my Y-Link body rolled so bad was because it was a radius arm, you know, or a single radius arm, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And they were, I got, you know, reading through all the pirate forums on how proper suspension geometry is and all this stuff. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. I never would have guessed that that's why it body rolled so bad. So... You know, I, I read up a bunch of stuff like you want your, you know, your upper link to be as flat as possible and you want as much separation at the axle as you can. Um, you want it to, you know, you want your upper link and your lower links to, you know, go, you know, the intersection to be somewhere in the middle of the center of gravity of the vehicle, all that stuff. So most of it, I just eyeballed. I didn't No, nope, all of it. I just eyeballed. I didn't, I didn't measure anything. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you. Put it in where it fits first, and then you can go to the calculator and see how bad you fucked up. I mean, yeah, and follow the basic rules, right? Obviously, don't just throw shit in there. But I think and basically everything you said, like that's all you need to know is where you want separation uh, or where it matters, I guess, and then yeah. just stick it where it fits. And yeah, make it so uh, kind of what I did is I said I, I I knew where I wanted my lower control arms. I wanted them to be up as high as they could be. 
So I basically put them so they were flat on the bottom of the axle. Um, and then the upper mount is like a, it's like a, just a rough stuff upper control arm mount that has the three holes that are adjustable. And I just put it in the top one and I just moved it around until when it articulated, it wasn't going to hit anything on the engine or the frame, or it just kind of goes right in between the engine and the frame there on the passenger side. Yep. Um, on the back, um, I did something weird that I haven't really ever seen before. Um, I cut all the upper control arm mount, like the factory stuff. I cut all that out. I cut the lower control arm mount all off, and I plated the inside of my frame rail for about two feet with like a, a quarter or no, with like an eighth inch plate. And then I did like a smaller, like another smaller eighth inch plate on top of that. And my upper control arm mount is welded sideways on the frame like below, basically below the passenger feet is about where it's at. That's where your upper is? Yeah. I. Interesting. That seems, I don't know if I would have put mine there, but if it worked, yeah. it works. I've seen people put their, their four link lowers in. I know that'd be four link uppers in those, in that section. So yeah. Cause isn't that how Miguel's is set up? His upper for his front four link is off of the yeah well he's double triangulated so it's different no i know but i'm just saying for upper control arm placement and uh, the the way i kind of set it up is it's i kind of set it up with the idea that at some point i probably will go full hydro and it's kind of triangulated so all i have to do is do the other side and it will be a four uh, you know a, a double triangulated four link yep it's kind of how i set it up um yeah yeah, it was. I don't know that I ever will, but it was like you know if I ever do. Um, yeah, it gives you options. I always like that. Whenever I, I don't always build for the future, but I feel like I, I I've done the same thing where I've I've put something in even though I don't necessarily need it. And we've actually talked to a few other people uh, who have done similar things, like um, uh, Nick Jonard, who did his. He he knew he was eventually going to put tube up to the front of his Jeep, so he built the um, the tube clamp in on his eight pillar like behind the cowl so then he could just take the tube bolted in when he was ready to go build whatever he was going to do for the front which i thought was uh, was way more than i would have ever done but it's always kind of neat to think about that stuff in my opinion yeah and i i tried a bunch of different things on the original um iteration of my jeep um i like my shot like okay so I don't have money, I, especially back then. I didn't have money for like to buy coilovers or any of that stuff. But I knew I wanted to stretch the wheelbase. Um, it's like six. It's like plus six in the front. Wow. So it it's yeah, it's pushed pretty far forward. Um, but the front of my tires is is our front basically flush with like the headlight. So you know what I mean? Like, did you run into issues with the pitman arm and track bar uh, and all what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that you, stuff. Okay. Stuff's in different places now, so. Um, I was I was gonna ask this question, so this was a really good segue into this. Yeah. So, so in doing that, I'm thinking, all right, how am I gonna do this? So I'm looking at the coil spring mount on the front, and I'm like, well, I could cut that off, and I could move it. And then I was looking at the axle, and I was like, why don't I just put the the coil spring mount on the axle back three inches? Because on the Dana 30 and Dana 44, that would have came, you know, comes in Jeeps, the coil springs hanging off the front of the axle. Yep. So I was like, why don't I just move it to the back of the axle? So that was basically got me, you know, ended up being probably close to six inches of a forward movement. 
I'm just, you know, so the coil spring mount on the front, on the, on the Jeep side is factory. It's like the original mount. The bottom is just moved to the other side. Um, it basically sits, and here's the crazy thing too, is the leaf spring pads on the Dana 60 are the exact same width as the coil spring pads on a Cherokee. Huh. So, yeah, I'm talking like the center pin to center pin is within like a quarter inch. It's stupid. Wow. I never would have guessed that. Um, and then uh, on my steering, um, my buddy from Washington, he gave me the great idea. Oh, just use an Astro Van box. Uh, yeah, so I was yep. like, oh, all right. So I'll do that. Well, I put an Astro Van box on it. And the unfortunate thing to that is it takes you from having your pitman arm back to forward. So it gives you like nine inches of stretch. And I was like, that's way the hell out there. Well, I'd already bought the steering box and stuff. So I was kind of screwed at that point. So instead of, you know, trying, so I just moved the steering box back. So, so my steering box is actually moved towards the passenger compartment three inches. So that way my pitman arm doesn't stick out the front of the Jeep. Cause it, it pretty close to did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, my steering, it's a, uh, it's a redneck Ram. Um, so the guy that makes redneck Ram is he's in San Angelo, Texas, which is only about an hour from where I lived. Oh, that's not so bad at all. Yeah. That's right. I just and drove down there and picked up all the stuff. Um, um, and I've been real happy with it. It works really, really well. Um, it's basically just an Astro van box box that's been ported, rebuilt and all the holes drilled in it that need to be there. Um, let's see. What else did I do? That was weird. Um, Oh, Rich uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you can go ahead. What do you got? Uh, I was going to talk about your anti-wrap bar that you, uh, added a little spice to the, the, the front section oh. where it mounts to your, to the G. Oh yeah. So, oh uh, yeah. So anyway, I've got the, you know, the super crappy reverse XJ leaf springs in the back. Um, they're shaped like S's. So <laughs> they ride, they ride really well. Um, but, um, I wheeled it a lot with, I wheeled it for probably a year without an anti-wrap bar and it didn't really, it wasn't bad until, let me think, probably about the third or fourth time I went and I noticed that my yoke was actually hitting the U-joint straps or like the yoke of the, 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 the drive shaft was hitting the U-joint straps because it was axle wrapping so bad. Wow. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So that's when I, I started looking and I didn't want something hanging down. Um, I, you know, I've, I made the Jeep pretty, it's, it's not short, but it actually like the, the, the bottom of the Jeep sits the same height as it did when it was on 35s. So wow. it's, it, yeah. So it sits pretty low. And I don't, I didn't want it to, you know, I didn't want a bunch of stuff hanging down and that's why I did a slider instead of a shackle. And in, in retrospect, I, I almost don't even think you need to put anything in there. If you do it right, the way the length of my, um, anti wrap bar is the exact same length as the core or the leaf spring from the axle forward. Correct. So in theory, it, you know, your axle isn't moving forward and back on that side. Well, and I, it will move forward some. That's why, like, uh, for rear drive shafts for your slip, 
you don't need rear like you don't need it to be able to slip out you need to be able to move forward because the way actually no would it come backwards hold on no it would come forwards the the shackles in the rear allowed to come forwards because when it sits it push back so well yeah, yeah that's on a drive shaft it is because the drive shaft's longer than that so as as the axle swings forward the drive shaft's going to go in yep but if your axle so your axle's swinging off the pivot of the front uh, leaf spring uh-huh so as long as your as long as your uh your pivot point in your anti-wrap bar is the same as your pivot point in your leaf spring in theory you know, it's not going to move, although it's going to because of bushings and all that stuff. But I've never wanted. Yeah, there's point. nowhere in that bushings, in the bushings that I have, they're Dell around bushings. There's not a bit of wear in them, like they've never moved. Now, that being said, my rear suspension is terrible and doesn't move anyway. So that could, <laughs> that, that might be why it doesn't actually show that it moves. <laughs> Luke knows about uh, rear suspension not working all too well. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, now that was the, the devil showed up. <laughs> I was I was going to interject at some point and say, "Oh yeah, and also Luke's not here yet. He was he was working or whatever." But I never got to. Nah, it. we didn't here, so. miss him. We no, didn't. Yeah, he's been here him. the whole time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. He's just been eating his dinner. But so, have you have you noticed any like odd movement with it ever like using a slider for that front mount? No, no, and it's not. It doesn't do nothing crazy. Um, the biggest thing I've noticed since putting the 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 anorak bar in there is it wheel hops a lot more now. Um, and I think it's the way the way I have it set because my my anorak bar is not not real long, um, and it's got a lot. What do you call that? Um, it, you know, the, the drag racing term where you, where it drives the tires into the ground. Yep. Um, yeah, so you have a high anti squat coming yeah, from the yeah. anti wrap bar. Yeah, I think I've got some anti squat because of that. Um, yeah, that's entirely possible. Um, when I set mine up, I had it mounted kind of at a bit longer of a length and a little bit higher of a angle than I thought it was originally going to be. So I did notice that it would pick the Jeep up if I was like getting on the throttle and it would slam the body down if I got out of the throttle to shift it on the road. Yeah. Well, now it doesn't like it lifts up, but when you let out of it, it's not like a violent like settle down. Um, but I think a lot of my problems is just my rear suspension sucks um, because I because I I love the body lines of a Cherokee. I cannot cut up the rear wheel well. I just stretched it. Are, are you looking at the pictures that I sent into that other chat? Because these are all things I was going to ask you about. Every no. single one, dude. Like I'm like putting things in there. Like I was scrolling through your Instagram in the beginning, just like, ooh, I'm asking about that. Ooh, I'm asking yeah. about that and that. Dude, <laughs> why would you take the time to cut it and then re-weld it back in? Yeah, it looks beautiful, but why? Because because I love the way it looks. All right. Um. That being said, um, I'm actually the jeep's the jeep's been put into the barn, and once I get you know more than five minutes to actually work on it, um, I'm I'm cutting the wheel wells out finally. Yay! <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tub it. Um, that looks good I, though. I, I, it does. It does. You can go fuck now, yourself, Cody. Like that's clean. I know, but like it's a Cherokee. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's but, way too nice for a Cherokee. <laughs> but it's a, 
it's still a really nice Cherokee. It doesn't have yeah. a speck of rust still. So that's where I'm hard to like just blow it apart. And something else I've thought about doing is I've thought about getting another uh, set of Cherokee quarters and basically cutting the tops of them out and adding the the you know another fender on top of it to get me four inches more of up travel um, just, so, just so it still looks good <laughs> well while we're talking about body work can we talk about that xj uh or four-door manchi i guess you could call it <laughs> uh, that didn't we talk to somebody who now owns that Nick. exact oh Nick? shit yeah. so nick owns <laughs> That yeah. rig that you built or bought? No, I bought it from Chris uh, Doan. Okay. Yeah, and he's on uh, with the SRT4, right? Yeah, yep. Wow, well, it all yeah. just that, So now it doesn't surprise me that he yeah. would have built that. He didn't yeah. build either. He didn't oh my. Build- <laughs> <laughs> he bought it. So here's the funny thing is I, I only gave him like 700 bucks for this thing. Um, but he only paid like 700 bucks for it, but he drove to like Jacksonville, Florida to pick the thing up. And he lives in the north side of Detroit. Oh, man. So he drove to Florida to pick this thing up. So I called him an idiot to his face. I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I drove I drove three hours to get it. You drove like 15. <laughs> so. Wow. wow. <laughs> happens. Um, I I had I had big plans for it. Um, what I, I kind of was thinking about doing was it was going to need cut back apart and redone. And uh, um, I I've wanted one since oh, man, what's that guy's name that has the black one? That's beautiful. Crew Manji guy. Yeah, I don't know his. I know name. the one you're talking about. I can't pick. I can't remember his name. Yeah. So oh, I I wanted to cut it or uh, cut it back apart and redo it. Um, I've always liked Comanches, um, and I've, and I love Cherokees and I need, I have a family, so I needed something that I can fall people in. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I was going to build kind of like a three quarter ton pickup truck out of it. So I was going to, going to build, build a box frame underneath it. Um, I had originally, you know, those Zuzu cab over, um, trucks that they had like GM made and they have like little, yeah. Like yeah. Maxes in them or something like that. Um, I was going to put one of those engines in it um, with like an MV4500 behind it. Like just, you know, make a like a three quarter ton Truck Comanche. That is also a Comanche thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was weird. You know, it was long. It, that thing is so stinking long. It was longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> How long is it? Is it longer than... It had to be tw- 22 cab. feet. I would say it's as long as my crew cab short bed Ram 2500. Wow. It's as long as that, at least. Yeah. Well, you you got to think a Cherokee's 15 feet from nose to tail, like all the, like the yeah. whole thing. So take away what? Two feet, three two feet. feet. And then add six. I no? would say probably, it was probably every bit of 18 feet. Damn. That's a it big was 18, maybe 20 feet. I don't know. It fit. It, my trailer's 20 foot, and it was. It wasn't the full thing, but it was. It was a good portion of it. <laughs> wow. So. Um, oh, but. Sorry. Um, I just had a question on that. 
Now, like, I think we were talking with Nick, and I can't remember, but wasn't one of the reasons that it had to be cut up was the whole roof line was, like, slanted downwards or something? I, well, I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, the Comanche roof and the Cherokee roofs are completely different. Um, you know, for for headroom-wise and stuff like that in the Comanche, because you, you're going to sit up a little straighter in it, it's like the, the back of the cab comes up higher and then and then flows downward into the hood or into the roof. I did a lot of research on this, trying to figure out why it looks so bad. Um, and so when you try to put the two together, the back of the cab is up higher than the roof line of the Cherokee. So you're like, how the heck are you going to put these together? So it ends up with some weirdness. Um, I think the smoothest one I've seen was the guy took uh, sheet metal and he did just like a gentle bend up about three quarters of the way back on the Cherokee and kind of like grafted it into the top of the bed line because he had cut the back section of the cab off and yeah. papered that down as well. I would almost say you're better off leaving. And this is, uh, you know, completely subjective. Your way would work too, Luke. Leaving the Cherokee roof because you're using it Cherokee front, most likely a four door Cherokee, and just change the back of the cab on the Comanche back part to match the Cherokee roof. If I don't know if that's, I don't know what the Comanche back panel looks like, if that's viable, but I think that'd be the least amount of work, in my opinion. I know what you're talking about, Luke, because I looked at pictures of that one. There's a white one that did that. Is yeah. that the one? Is that Nick's? Yeah. It's not Nick's. No, this is one that was floating around on Pirate and somehow ended up getting on Instagram. Um, but it was white. And yeah. I thought that it looked fairly decent for what was done. It's just a lot and of work. Keeping... It's just a weird way. Yeah. In my opinion, that's more than you need. Like, you see the... Uh, I've seen some full-size, um, like, Wagoneer J10, J20, like, combinations. And they always just use the Wagoneer roof. And it looks way cleaner. Yeah, the, the I... J20s and J10s have that weird. They either have the the lip, which actually, if you could fit in the the visor on the 70s styles, would be kind of cool on one of those. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I I I've always wanted one, and I wanted to build one, and it was an opportunity to get to build one, and then you know life happened, and I just I don't have time to do this anymore. So kind of a bummer. Um, but, you know, I'm glad Nick really wanted it. Nick was the, it, me and Nick were the only ones that called Chris about it. So that's, as soon as I was like, I, I told my wife, I said, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. So I just don't have the time. I said, I'm going to sell it to Nick for what I paid for it. So, and then now, now that I went back and looked, I think I actually gave him a better deal than what I think I sold it to him for cheaper and I paid for it, but oh well. <laughs> he seems like a good kid. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Fun to talk to. Very fun to talk to. And he built cool shit. Oh yeah, he builds yeah, he builds cool shit. And like so Yeah, so my idea like with my Jeep was uh, to build something that could put me in the conversation, this kind of conversation, without having a bunch of money invested in it. Because you know, I don't have, you know, two grand to spend on, well, I don't know how much they are now, $2,500 for a set of ORIs. I'd love to have them, but I, I just don't have that sitting around. Um, yeah. 
my Jeep rides like garbage, but it wheels pretty well, you know? That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I spent, I tried to spend money where it mattered. Um, you know, the gears, I needed gears, So I, I went ahead and spent the money to get five thirty eights. Um, I knew I needed better transfer case than the two thirty one, mostly because I was afraid of you breaking new joints and stuff. So I, you know, I looked and I found a, the Rock Track two forty one out of a TJ. Um, I think I got it for thirteen hundred bucks off a of Pirate. That's not bad. That's actually um, a decent deal. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good shape. And I, who is it that makes the the cable um, shifter assembly for the Cherokees? Is it Novak? Novak, I think. Yeah, I think I think it had. I already had a Novak cable shifter, and I called Novak up, and they had they all they did was sent me a new bracket to go on the two forty one. So it was literally a bolt on. Nice. You know, I didn't have to change anything. Um, I I bought. I spent money on drive shafts. That, the drive shafts was probably one of the most expensive thing I bought. You know, I bought. It has thirteen fifty joints everywhere. Um, they're double cardone at the at the transfer case on both sides. Um. Now, did you to do the thirteen uh, fifties on the two forty one? Did you get different yokes for that to make that uh, work, I, or is it flanges? I, I used the flange on the back, um, and and the guy that did my drive shafts, he had all the stuff to do a thirteen fifty, and for the front one, those are like thirteen thirties, which is that weird hybrid yep. in between U joint, um, and I called um, who I called a couple different people. Uh, I called Adams and I called um, Tom Woods and Tom Woods, Adams didn't have nothing. Tom Woods says, well, I've got a yoke that will fit the spline count in the seal, but I don't know if it'll fit. I don't know if it'll fit on there because the 241 is so much bigger than a standard 241. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, we can send it to you and you know, if it fits, it fits. So I, they sent it to me and it bolted right on. It's close it's probably got a quarter inch of clearance from the transfer from hitting like the side of the transfer case, but it fits. I mean, um, it's if it, a win. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it's been for five, six years now. Five yeah. Years. Um, so I was, I've been following the build for a little while, like through pirate and everything, because that was how I originally started talking with you. If I remember right. Mm-hmm. But, um, why did you put the shocks in front of the axle? Oh, okay. So you weren't here for that part of the conversation. So, oh, sorry about uh, that. That's all right. Um, <laughs> Should be the sorry. Coil, so the the way I mounted my coils, um, I was trying to like troubleshoot how to mount, leave the stock coil location on the Jeep side, and stretch the front axle out. So the coil springs on the axle side are actually moved to the back side of the axle. So they sit probably half the coil mount is on top of the spring pad for the leaf spring. And the other half sitting, it's, um, I basically made a structure between the lower control arm mount and the, the spring perch. So I really don't have anywhere to put the coil spring in the factory location. So I just moved it to the front side cause I had the, the rest of the leaf spring pad was just sitting there not doing anything. So, I, and then uh, the 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 shock mounts are those you know the Ford F two fifty shock mounts that you can buy off Amazon for twenty five bucks or whatever. Yeah. That so, works. Yeah. Um, so you know I'm coming into this a little bit late, and you know 
Uh, did you guys already start talking about where you guys wheel or where you've wheeled that thing? No, I have haven't yet. Um, so I've, I've a little bit, I guess, dabbled in it. Um, I, I started out. I wheeled it at first place. I went to was Gulch's in South Carolina. How um, is that place? Uh, it's about four hours from me. It's it's a small park, um, but it's pretty fun. But it's a mud fest. Like if it rains. It's a mud fest because there's a, it's, yeah, it's just, the gulches are just washed out places, you know, from water running down. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a good time. I had a blast there by all, oh, I think I went three times and yeah, every time I went, I had a good time. Um, I went up to URI in North Carolina. Um, that place is pretty cool. Um, I only wheeled there for one day. And I was with a pretty good group, so I only, like a pretty big group. So I only did one trail, but I think the trail, it, we were on it all day, so it had to have been miles long. Uh, but it was a neat park, and it was pretty fun. And it was a st- like a state grand park, so it was nice. Um, then there was another place called Battery Park, which was originally like a dirt bike, you know, ATV place. And he had just opened it up to Jeeps and stuff. And it was pretty fun, too. But it was cheap. It was like 10 bucks to get in. Wow. So, yeah, you'd go out there and blast around on the trails all day. And, you know, it was pretty fun. Um, then, when I moved to Texas, um, I wheeled at... Oh, geez, what's that place called? I might have to look it up real quick because I, I don't remember. What's that? Katempsi? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Katempsi. I didn't forget that one. Okay. Um... <laughs> So, man, what is that place called? It's north. Of, it's North Dallas. Um, let's see if I can remember what it is. I can't help all that much because the only time I spent in Texas was in El Paso. <laughs> yeah, that's that's way the heck out there, Bridgeport. So there's the town of Bridgeport bought an old um, gravel pit, and they turned it into an off-road park. Um, which was pretty cool. I just ran by the city, um, Northwest Off-Road Park, um, but it's, and it's huge. But it's and it's pretty fun too. And they hold some pretty big like rock bouncer events there. And um, I've had a good time there. I, I think I've wheeled there three times. Um, one of my buddies rolled his TJ violently. Um, it was bad. <laughs> it, I don't know how we got the thing out of there. Um, um, uh, um, that was a good place. Uh, Katimsi Rocks was a real... Uh, that was a blast. But the rocks there are huge, and everything looks the same, so you run into rocks with everything. Uh, <laughs> I bent every I bent everything on my Jeep at that place because I just hit everything. Um, I got to... Uh, oh, geez, what was that guy's name? I got to meet a lot of people there that, you know, never, that I've seen on Instagram and whatnot. Um... I didn't get the wheel there as much because it was a pretty big event. That was actually a, uh, it was an event for um, Redneck Ram, the company that, that makes the Redneck Ram. It was their 20th anniversary, and they rented the whole park out, and everybody would go there for wheel for free. Wow. It was pretty sweet. That, the guy that has that company is a, is a really nice guy. Um, and the guy that owns Katimsi Rocks is a, is a really cool guy, too. Um, then... The other place that I went there was um, Hidden Falls Adventure Park. 
And that place is massive. It's like 1,500 acres or something like that. Um, That's huge. Yeah, and like I've wheeled there three times, and all three times was for multiple days, and I still didn't go on every trail there. Wow. Like every time I'd go there, I'd be like, man, I don't know where we're at, you know? (laughs) The last time I wheeled there, um, I went down on a Friday, and... I, I, we were just doing like a, we got there, unloaded the Jeep, set up our camp and we all were like, Hey, let's go out for a trail ride. It was, you know, it was late. It was like seven 30 and we're out trail riding around. And the very first thing I do is bend the hell out of my rear drive shaft. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Um, but then I proceeded to wheel all weekend and didn't, it didn't never get worse. So you can get away with a lot if you're going slow when you bend a rear drive shaft. I had one that had like a good two and a half inch bow in it that I wheeled on for probably a good five runs under Ducky, which was my terrible ZJ buggy. Yeah. And a Ducky. <laughs> Sorry uh, <to> forget. <laughs> it was garbage. But so like out of all of the places you've been, um, where have the pit bulls done the best and done the worst? Oh, I was just about to, dude. Step <laughs> back, motherfucker. Tires. That's my conversation, you asshole. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've been following this build forever, and he's only had one set. I know. I've been. I was gonna ask because I've always shit talked pit bulls because I've never seen him do something cool. So I'm interested, like oh. really, really interested to hear about this. So I think I think Pitbull's downfall is their for they, they don't have a super thick sidewall. They're not bad, you know, but I think they're an average sidewall. Um, I poked a hole in one when I was out in Texas. Oh, that's a place that I'd wheeled that I didn't really talk about. My buddy had like 25 acres and it was like the rowdiest off-road trails I've ever been on. Like this the stuff was scary. Like um, that's uh, I, I poked a mesquite tree and I don't know if you've ever seen a mesquite tree. It is the hardest wood that you've ever seen in your entire life. It'll dull a chainsaw blade in about three cuts. Um, wow. But yeah, I put a mesquite tree through the sidewall um, of my pit bulls. Um, but anyway, so the thing I like about my pit bulls is they were cheap. I have five of them, and I have $1,500 in five of them. Tell me you bought them when Trump became president. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're the second person yes. right from the podcast that we've spoke to that also picked up pit bulls during that time and then we also have another friend that did the same thing that's fucking cool that so many people capitalized on that shit it's so good and it worked out pretty well for me because i still had them before my jeep was done like they, they took them four months to get them to me but they sold something like 1500 sets of tires or something like that and and they these are this is a company that used to sell like 150 sets of tires a year so wow you know, it was something obscene like that. I, I didn't have any issues. When I poked the hole in the one, I didn't have five at the time. And when I poked the hole in the one, I called the guy that runs the company, and he had one sent to me, and he charged me the same price for it. So, wow. So I'm not mad at them at all. Um, they don't work real well in the wet. Um, but anything else, they, they work pretty well. In, in the Like, if it's just straight mud... Yeah, they'll fling mud. They'll fling the hell out of some mud if you're just hitting mud holes and stuff, which is not typically my bag. But you know, on occasion, I like to completely destroy my Jeep and make it look like garbage. <laughs> um, Don't we all? 
But well, it, it is an XJ. If you're trying to, if you're trying to like, you know, rock crawl with it, and it's real wet, they don't work great. Are there tires? I think there are tires that work worse. You know, like some uh, you guys' favorite tires. So, uh, <laughs> Patagonia's. Yeah, no. Not, <laughs> uh, so, We're not afraid to say their name. <laughs> so I think there, there definitely there's better tires out there. Like I, I've wheeled with Aaron quite a few times. And Aaron's got those forty-three inch stickies. Yep. Um, and and you know, he walks up something pretty easily, and I've got to work for it a little bit, you know. But his tires were also like, like for me to buy them now, they're like four thousand dollars. So, yeah. You know, um, I can bounce off the rev limiter quite a bit for four thousand dollars. Um. They, they, you know, I don't have bead locks. And I run those suckers at five psi all the time, and I've never once lost a bead. That's um, yeah, never. Now I'm going to tomorrow. Like yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's stationary so in my garage. I'm gonna go out there, and it's gonna be off the bead. <laughs> uh, they, I, I drove, I drive it a lot, um, not as much as I used to, but I used to run it at 75 down the interstate with those tires, and they they aren't loud, they don't wear funny. Um, they're just—they're not a bad all-around tire. Um, they're no sticky for sure, but you know, I—they don't work as good as some tires. But I'm not going to complain for what I got. It pretty cheap DOT, and they're 40s, right? Or are they bigger than they're, that? They're 41.5s, but okay. they are legitimately the same size, if not a little bigger than than Aaron's 43s. Huh. So they're okay. Yeah, they're, so yeah, those are big ass tires. Yeah, to have those oh, yeah. on the road nice is impressive to say the yeah. least. And and I mounted them in my driveway, so it's not even like they have—they don't have balance beads in them. <laughs> they don't have no balance on them at all. So, um, for fifteen hundred bucks, you can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad. That's that's like sure, there's better tires, but they've never done anything to me, you know, to cause me, you know, I, to dislike them. They're round and they hold air. That's all that matters. Yes, and they work. They they do work. Um, this last um. This last Nas Nasjack or whatever the hell they call it over at Badlands, um, there was this climb that everybody was doing, and only one other guy made it up besides me. So, you know, there's there's five people trying to climb this climb, and I made it up, and, and this other guy made it up, and he had, you know, like reds or something, you know, some stickies. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't count, right? It's yeah, yeah, I mean, it does, cool, but it doesn't. It's not as a uh, not that's not cool. It's just. It's a given. Mm-hmm. If you have stickies and you can't get up something, like people should be yeah. giving you shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think like there's a couple of DOT tires that in my mind kind of like bridge that gap and those are not cheap tires. The Trep Radials and the uh Maxis Razors are really close. Um in per- or they're as close in my mind as you can get to a sticky performance on a DOT. Um, you know, I run the Nittos. They're okay, but they're definitely not a sticky. They're a good tire, though. But, you know. Yeah, a couple of... The, so, the the club that I was involved in with out in Texas, um, the guy that ran the club had like a, I don't know, a JK, you know, a newer JK. It was a 3.6 motor. Um, Rubicon, and he had he had thirty seven inch nittos on it, and and they worked really really well. I I don't I have no qualms with them. He never popped the sidewall. He never did nothing crazy, and he would follow me anywhere. 
um, we had to stack some rocks for him sometimes, but you know, he would do anything I would do. Um, the other guy, he had a TJ, a stretch TJ, and he had 37 inch, um, those newer Coopers, same thing. They were really good. I, he did poke a sidewall or two on them, but you know, they, they were pretty good tires. He got them at tire barn, so they would warranty him. He could shove a stick to the sidewall and they'd give him a new one. I'm like, why? why? That doesn't make any sense to me at all, but whatever. Hey, I think mean, you that can't argue were... with those warranties. That's... Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, in the world of tire buying, were exceptions because, you know, how many people actually go out there and run their tires all that hard? See. Yeah. You say we're exception, we're the exception, but if you know your tire guy, there is no exception. You know, you just say, "Fuck, dude, I don't know. I hit a curb. My girlfriend was driving my shitbox. She smashed into a curb while she was putting on her mascara." Bad I don't know. Bad batch. Yeah, bad <laughs> batch. The NTRs. Whole tread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and one of the guys I wheeled with, he had those trip radials, and man, those are good tires. Uh, you know, if I was rich, I'd probably have traps. Same. Yeah, if I, yeah, are cool. rich, if I was rich, I'd have a set of you know, like one of those raceline bead locks, and I'd have some sticky traps. That's probably what no, I would no, have. You don't need to be rich; you just need to be uh, really lucky and oh. you know, win the charity tire lottery, like Curtis did. Oh yeah, he, he's yeah. got those forty. I think he's got like method rims and those forty-two sticky traps, and he got them for free. KMC. Uh, he yeah, paid yeah, yeah, for yeah. the he paid for the beadlocks, but he got the tires for free. But like you're talking about, I think they're going for a grand a piece now, and he yeah, and he got five. He of bought them. he bought four, he won four, and he bought the fifth. So yeah. you know he had to pay for one sticky. Oh no, yeah, that's 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 still cheaper than my tires. So <laughs> I hate yeah. him. I, I I really like those Swamper stickies also. Those forty threes, those are pretty cool tires. They work yeah. good. They just they always they work everywhere. They might not be the best tire, but man, they work well everywhere. You can't go wrong with them. Just, yeah, oh, they always work. Yeah, but they I, are I, the shit here. Like everyone runs them. If you are not um, if you are running stickies and you are not running those, it's Mickey's or there's something weird going on. Yeah, I think those Mickey's look cool. Man, they sure do wear funny as hell. Man, every time you ever see like the guys that have run them, uh, what's that dude that used to run around with Matt from Bleeping Jeep, the guy with the CJ? Jeremy Rose. Yeah, yeah. The the ends of them just wear so strange out on the corners. Like yeah, that's that's kind of a sticky thing though, because like oh, you look is at the reds. Uh, when a set of reds wears, you'll see them like roll the whole outer side lug if you will completely off of the tire and then as they wear further it starts to like kind of get like a groove around where the lug used to be no kidding okay i guess i've never really seen stickies that get totally wore out but yeah the, the guy one of the guys i wheeled with he had those traps and like he we we would do all the same stuff he had the exact opposite of my suspension, he had leaf springs in the front and a really nice triangulated four link in the rear. Uh, yeah, it was it was very strange, but I it never was understand a, that. I never understand it, why people do that. I'd rather have the it, front suspension do the work, not the rear. Yeah, yep. it was a J eight. It was a CJ eight, is what it was. But anyway, um, 
Like I would have to work to get up something, and then he would just drive up it, and it would just always make me mad. I'm disgusting. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're telling me the man's bought a scrambler, and he decided to leave, keep the leaf springs in the front and four length the rear. Well, uh, this guy he doesn't, he doesn't actually build anything. He probably just bought it. So okay, okay. Was, I was gonna say that's a that's like you're taking the time to to build a scrambler, which is a CJ8. In case people didn't know that listening, um. But what the fuck? That just seems so ass backwards. You're absolutely right, Graham. That just seems so weird to me. I've seen it a lot, and I mean, it definitely, I feel like it would work, right? Because you've got all the weight in the front, you probably get leaf springs to articulate better. Uh, it, but... it didn't. They bad. And he had, like, he had, like, some god-awful 29-inch, 30 inches of suspension travel in the rear, and it didn't weigh anything in the back either. Yeah. So, if the front got up it, it would just drag the back up. It didn't even matter. Like, he could probably had no suspension at all and it would still come up to whatever i don't know yeah just because it was so light. like that's what you just said you know if front gets up and then the back can just do whatever it'll get up as well is is sort of like why i'd want the front suspension to be dialed is because yeah and not leaf spring because that's the one that matters right i don't know i yeah. guess it approach angles too with leaf springs i don't know you'd have to get some departure angles we had 42s and they weren't very long leaf springs, so his his, okay. his his approach angle was pretty good. All right, it wasn't terrible. Um, but anywho's, um, yeah, my front bumper is one of those ugly rough country front bumpers. I don't know if you ever seen those things that stick out like four feet off yep. the front of the jeep. Yep. Um, I cut the or I took. If you look at the brackets that mount it, and look at the the mounting holes, they're all square. So I just drilled more holes in it. And cut the ends of the brackets off, and then cut the bumper up so it would slide on further. Huh. Uh, you okay. Know, I just basically cut the bumper up so it didn't look so stupid. There you go. All sense. I, I see a picture of like a stubby bumper. Is that the same thing, or is yes. that a different bumper? Okay, so you stubby. Yeah, I, you made it stubby. Yeah, I cut the ends of it off because yeah, they would way up into my tires, and I wanted to be able to hit tire on stuff before it hit anything else. Yeah. And you've um, never blown a header panel. No. Yeah. No. Cody, you got you some learning to do. He's got 42. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> He's got way more. Oh, wait, stretch it nine inches up front. You know how to do it. Astro box. Just yeah. <laughs> put those coils like a uh, foot back. You'll be good. I have the. Uh, um, I do have a piece of like three inch, like quarter wall angle iron that I have jammed in between the front frame rails and welded in there to, to like reinforce the whole front end. And like the, the center section is, um, the iron rock off road, um, unibody, whatever you call it, the frame. Yep. Yeah. And the, the front section is the rough, uh, the rough stuff. Uh, being from Texas, I ordered all my stuff from rough stuff because it was pretty, you know, they're close ish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I like their stuff. I just, they just don't ship to New England very fast. Barnes yeah. is just closer for us. Yeah, and that yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then the aft, the all like the the rear section, I just made my own plates out of some you know just some garbage I had laying around, uh, plated it. And then the rear, the rear section, I also I ran a plate between the two frame rails. Same thing. Um, and then the rear bumper is just a piece of four by four quarter wall with holes drilled in it. And, and then 
um, I cut the, you know, how the end of the frames has that little tiny slit in it for you to slide those. Um, yeah, those little tabs. Yeah, those tabs slide in there. I cut the ends of those out so I could slide a piece of two-inch square tube in there. And I drilled and tapped those. Actually, I didn't drill and tap them. I drilled them, and then I welded, like, um, I think half-inch 13 uh, grade 8 bolts or nuts inside of the square tube. So that way it had a good clamping, too. And that's and that's my, and I attached those to the rear bumper. So, like, I have the... Um, the rear D or what do you call them? The shackle mounts in the rear are actually welded directly to that, that two inch square tube that goes into the frame and is bolted in. And, and then I notched that uh, four by four square to slide over that two inch square tubing on both sides. So the bumpers attached to the, um, the recovery points instead of the recovery points being attached to the bumper. That makes sense. I know they make a bracket, uh, nowadays that does basically what you built, but you probably built it before that was even really a thing for Cherokees. I think you could get them, um, but I looked, I, I looked at it, and I said I can do that for really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the I'm people not... we like talking to is the people who look at that stuff and are like, eh, well, I could just build that. Right? Yeah, it's more fun. Um, like, um, my rear, like the rear fuel tank, the way I mounted it is I, I basically just, I had a piece of eighth inch sheet laying around and I reinforced it like across it with other pieces of eighth inch. So it is in quarter, like it has straps basically across it to make it thicker. And then I made, I took, um, like, I think it's three quarter inch square tube and basically made a pad for the fuel tank to sit on so it would re like replace the straps and they they have like the rubber they have rubber sitting on them so the tank's sitting on this the rubber straps and then on the top it actually has the factory fuel tank straps holding it down from the top instead of the bottom you're gonna have to and your tank is in the trunk i am assuming right yeah pretty yeah. much you're gonna have to send me pictures of how you did yours because i hate the way mine's set up right now i'll send you pictures it's on his instagram oh it is okay i, was I don't them earlier I don't love it the way it is, but you know the alternative. You hear having works, issues, right? the, you're doing the aftermarket fuel tank and putting this fa factory fuel uh, sending unit in it and stuff. And I was, I, I really, I really built the Jeep to be able to go out fired up and run it all day and have zero issues. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted it to just be, just super reliable. Um, and you know the. Four liters bone stock, the transmission's bone stock, like everything is, the cooling system is as bone stock as it can be. And it just works. Just, yeah, I just wanted it to be reliable. And it, I could run it in Texas when it's 110 degrees out, wheel it all day long, and it never once overheated, so. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. And Luke's, Luke got up, but I'm sure, you know, if he wasn't putting his dishes away or whatever the hell he's doing... He'd be having, you know, his his whole little hissy fit about the uh, uh, his fuel cell deal, and we've actually we talked about that in '82, uh, which everybody will hear shortly. We actually like kind of figured out why that was happening for him, and yeah. uh, just uh, what a mess. And you spend so much money to make those fuel cells actually work uh, like a factory tank. The only thing you have to sacrifice with the factory tank is it's kind of a weird shape, right? Whatever, yeah. I'll deal with it. 
and so you're, gallons. It's I put it there backwards. So my fuel tank is in there the the opposite way because I I wanted to have more clearance for the rear end, mm-hmm. you know, so I could have more up travel if I needed it. Um, do it? Did I really need to do that? Probably not. But also the back, it's hard to make like because it's not flat, it's curved up. It was weird. It was going to be weird to make something curve up in the back. So I was like, why well, can't I could just make it curve up in the front? So now my fuel filler goes out. It's on the passenger side now instead of the driver's side. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think mine's oriented just the normal way right now, but uh, I mean, depending on... I'll have to look at pictures. Cody was trying to show them, but uh, I didn't... My Everything here is... If you couldn't notice, like my camera's all messing up, so we're just kind of riding riding as we go here. Um, yeah. So I'll look at well, that later. Yeah, to, well, get my, my audio cut right out. Yeah, I don't know. Every, I haven't had any audio cutouts, but... It's doing some weird things, so we're going to just roll with what we got. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out later, and I'll have to, I'll have to take some ideas from that. Because I don't mind the factory tank, and I did sort of just slap it in from the previous... Like, I literally just ratchet-strapped it down yeah. so I could make it to Tennessee, where we you know, went out and met the Trail Trash guys. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's just what I needed to do at the time, but it's definitely something that I want to... Uh, reconfigure. I like it. I just it it needs to be set up more strategic. It's kind of half-assed, and I could do better. Yeah, mine's mine's like three-quarter assed. So. Yeah, I mean even that's <laughs> I'd take three-quarter assed. Yeah, so I I want to do I want to so I built a cover that goes over the top of it, um, so I can have places to put you know toolboxes and stuff. Um, I want to seal that all in, and um. The, I want to drill holes in the fuel in the in the, the basically the b- bottom pan or skid plate I guess we'd call it. I want to drill holes in it, like big holes, like half inch. So if something happens and my tank did rupture, the fuel has somewhere to go. You know, That's it a gets good out. Idea. Um, yeah. and then I want to seal it all up so that way it, you know it's sealed. And if if I do that, I, I'd be happy with it. You know, I thought about doing crazy stuff like sealing in the hatch area from the com- you know the the passenger compartment. You know, whenever I finish, whenever I actually finish my roll cage. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you're, do you have any issues with fumes? I've talked to so many people about this, and most people say, no, they don't really. But everybody I've talked to doesn't have a, a full-bodied rig with glass and everything in it. And I do, I- it, was, it was kind of a big concern for me when I first did it, and I sort of just had to suck it up and see how it did. And it's been okay... I do there's notice time, it sometimes. Yeah, there's sometimes, sometimes, but almost all. It never does it when you're running down the road. It's no. always when it's set for, you know, all day out in the sun. You just get a little fumey in there. And you just open it, and as soon as you open the window, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. But, Good to know that I'm not the only one there. Yeah, I've never, I've never really had any issues. I've wheeled it for, you know, half the time you wheel it here in Indiana, it's colder than crap out. So I leave all the windows up with the heater on, and it doesn't seem to bother me at all. I, you know, I. I've yeah. never had a fume, so you know it's probably not the safest thing. But no, but it also is. It could be worse. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a factory fuel tank. They're not, you know, they're made to be relatively stress, you know, structurally sound. Yeah, I mean, it's now it sits inside before it's at outside. The only thing that changed is no, not even because I still have it venting outside the cab. It's not like it's venting into the cab. I'm actually yeah. probably doing it some 
good by I mean other than the fact that there's no uh firewall protection to you know separate you from the tank explicitly yeah. which I can add easily I've got plenty of ways I could sheet metal the thing like you said like you did with yours or were planning on doing with yours yeah I've got it I've got that half done I've got the top done I just need to do the the sides yeah um let me think is there anything else that's super weird oh my 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 roll cage yeah <laughs> you know, my roll cage <clears throat> so the roll cage was kind of like a I I got the tubing bender from a friend of mine I got all the inch and three quarter you know 120 wall from a friend and he sold it to me cheap he sold me the whole the bender and the tubing for a hundred or 300 bucks and What's it was like that? wow what? it was how much tubing? 200, 200 feet of tubing and the so, bender yeah and the bender for 300 bucks yeah what the fuck yeah yeah i didn't You're yeah lucky man i'll get 20 feet for 300 bucks nowadays yeah and it's, and it's nothing fancy you know it's not like you know dom or nothing but you know I, I don't really care it's better than what was in it so um i think it's a true it is cold rolled electronically welded i think it is the crew i don't think it's the the hot rolled because it doesn't have like the nasty mill scale and stuff on it um okay so but i don't know i don't know, I don't know enough about, about yeah sam yeah I, it like doesn't dom is like the ideal but I believe a true is still, and I could be completely wrong. So if I am, people will probably correct me. But uh, yeah. it's, I think it's fine, except for it, it dents a little bit or significantly easier. So yeah. it's good on internal parts. Um, which is so your cage I, is internal, right? So it's yeah, fully internal. Basically, I when I was doing it, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never, you know. I've watched some videos, um, like the fabrication series on YouTube. He's really good at teaching people how to build stuff with, yes. you know, fabric and um, with so relatively I, few tools. Uh, yeah. him showing you how to notch without a notcher is such a valuable video. And if anybody is trying to do a roll cage and doesn't want to pay for all the fucking tools, that's like the way to go is to watch his videos and figure out how to do it for the cheap. Cause that's like the, I got so much out of that. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I watched his videos quite a bit, but I, you know, I, I did measurements of the inside of my Jeep and then I taped the, taped an outline on the floor, you know, and then I b proceeded to build a, a tube that would fit inside that outline. Mm. Then I jammed it inside the Jeep. Then I, you know, next thing. And then the next thing, and I just kind of kept adding tubes to it until I was like, well, it looks like it'll protect me if I roll over, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, when you build a Jeep with 42s, you can get into some stupid stuff. Yeah. Definitely. That being I think in the whole time, it's so stable. And I think it's because my rear suspension is so terrible. Um, I i don't think I've ever really been. Especially, like, when you first built it, there's a couple times I got nervous. But as I got more comfortable wheeling it, like, there's it's so wide and the tires are so tall comparatively to the height of the Jeep. Like the top of my engine is only like four inches higher than the top of my front tires. Yeah. I mean, relative to the center line of your axles, your I feel like your center of gravity isn't, isn't too, too high yeah, up for, at all. For me, I would almost have to be on my side already. Yeah. You know, uh, the only time I've ever been scared was, uh, um, 
last year, not this not this past year, but like 21 at Badlands. I was climbing this rock wall um, that's down in the down in the gravel pit play area. Anybody knows been to Badlands, they'll know what I'm talking about. And it's rowdy. Nobody made it up all day, and it, it's super rowdy. And uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, but cautiously careless, he's got that green Comanche. It's beautiful. Um, uh, is it the, like the flat green? Yeah. Almost OD. Yep. yep. It has like a custom made bed on the rear. Yeah. yeah we met him he, at uh at Harlan. Yeah, he's actually. super good. Super nice guy. I, I, he he was spotting me up it, and I was close to getting up it. I was so stinking close. And I had one, I, I made one movement and the whole Jeep moved four inches the wrong direction. And it was going to go, if I went two more inches, I was going over and it was going to be about a five foot roll. Like it would have been a five foot flop before I hit the ground. So it would have hit hard. So yeah. that that's the first time that I was ever actually afraid of rolling over that. That's it. And it was just because I was so high up, so off camber and it would have just, it would have, it, long time before i hit the ground yeah those ones are always always scary yeah that that's it that's the only time i've ever really been scared i've gotten a couple scared a couple times like with my kids in the car where i was like oh yeah i probably shouldn't be doing this with them in there Mm -hmm. but as soon as you know passengers get out the fear goes away fair i really like when i'm doing stupid stuff to be on my own in the jeep oh yeah a lot easier to like uh you want to know what else is annoying though luke is when you have to uh, find your passenger because they don't get back in your fucking Jeep <laughs> right after the obstacle because they think they're going to walk up the hill. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> something about a trail ninja or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I mean, that works, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say more of like the trail snails because <laughs> they are slow as shit coming up that mountain. <laughs> Yeah, not not to be confused with trails, uh, uh, snail trails. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Caitlin or Morgan would be enjoy or would enjoy being called snail trails. <laughs> oh man, seems to be made there. But mm. you're not wrong about that. I'd probably get killed. That's funny. But yeah, um. So I'm uh, like I, like we were talking about earlier. I'm into all kinds of stuff. Um, the Jeeps kind of got put on the back burner for a bit until you know get the summer stuff done. Um, the The plans are um, I'm gonna actually gonna try to redo the rear suspension. Um, it's still gonna be leaf springs, um, but I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna go a spring under setup. Really? I, yeah, I'm gonna do spring under. I think I'm gonna ditch the um, the uh, anti-rat bar because I don't think I'll need it then. What the fuck? If, if you mean, go sp- with spring under, it puts a lot less leverage on the springs. Oh no, um, I get it, but like, and it's also gonna low cog the shit out of it, which would be cool. But like, I've never like most people like you know got their YJ and they're like, dude, I just did a spring over kit. Check this shit out. Like well, that's, that- so you can, that's so you can do a lift for cheap. But yeah. I'm doing- under so I can get a longer leaf spring which gives you more room for it to go up and down um I mean with- I, have you looked into doing a set of 54s out of uh, F-150 for the main I, and then bastard packing it 
That's kind of, I was doing a set of 56s out of like a square body Chevy, out of a rear of a square body Chevy. Um, a friend of mine has a set of six inch uh, soft ride springs out of his out of his square body Chevy, and he's redoing the rear suspension. He said I could have them. So um, I'm going to use probably the main leaf out of that. And the reason why I was going to go spring under is because they're six inch, so they got some arc to them. They're not crazy arc, but, you know, more than a XJ has because they basically don't have any. <laughs> I will be intrigued to see that. I struggle with picturing it, if you will. Um, I know a lot of people that have had some decent success with using 54s out of a F-150 with the overload removed spring over to get a longer spring in there to accommodate the rear stretch and then um well free up some travel but the it might not that that spring under is weird yeah it might not work but you know when you got something for free i'm I'm willing to throw something I'll, i'll throw it together with pack welds and see if it if it'll set why i want the way i want it and I'm going to take a bunch of leaves out of it because it's, you know, it's got like eight leaves in it. So I'm going to take probably four of them out um, and see what it does. If it don't work, it don't work. It, it's, you know, really no money out. Yeah, I uh, can't fault you for trying. That's an interesting concept of just I'm going to wait and see what it does because. I want to see how that turns out. Yeah, I've seen uh, Spring Underdone on some of the jeeps that are like the two-wheel drive baja styles uh with longer devers to try and you know help soak up some of the uh whoops but that's new to see it on a crawler under a cherokee i've definitely seen it under yj's well yeah i I like doing weird stuff so (laughs) you wouldn't necessarily have to run a traction bar if you did that would you because yeah that's kind of that was kind of the other thing i could free up some space underneath so, there i mean technically you'd get more more flex because of that uh, not if, if your traction bar set up properly you don't lose much but there's still binding to be had i'm sure when you get into if your leaves are set up well um you definitely bind that a little bit uh yeah especially because you're not going to be able to ever get it down the center line um yeah even if you get it close to the edge it's still close to like pumpkin so you're gonna have some form of an offset mm-hmm. i might just be talking out of my ass no that, that makes sense but... yeah as soon as you actually start dropping the axle it's gonna pull it off center of where your mount is right and most people mount them just inside the frame rail on that driver's side yeah. but e- either side would be the same so if you start drooping it out it's gonna pull it and keep it from drooping further on that side i think pulling up you wouldn't have as much of an issue but i've noticed that i can go up way more than i can go down on that side with the traction bar i yeah your springs you never know, work to begin with so i don't want to hear it yeah mine, mine <laughs> oh, don't work i was gonna either. say mine don't work either anymore i i ruined my setup uh <laughs> but it's mine fine. bend after the axle they don't really bend at all before just after <laughs> <laughs> 
Leafs are dumb. That's why they're for poor boys. And no, we're they're not dumb. It. You just properly they're said dumb. them. Fine. They're dumb. They're the dumb. Because the are for poor people. Why spend the money and time and effort on some fucking six hundred dollar Devers when you could just go buy links in Link Mouse? Because that costs even more money and more time. But guess what? When it's done, then it's like, oh shit, my XJ does cool things now. Listen, you're the last one to be talking about XJs being done. I, I, I literally box, by the way. Don't get it. Twenty-five dollars in my rear suspension. That's like, sick. I think. My, <laughs> I like think my rear my... suspension, as it sits, has twenty-five dollars in it. <laughs> so, what, but... what did you spend the twenty-five dollars on? Those are on the the F one fifty shock mounts. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Dorman, the Dorman F one fifty shock mounts. The shocks were out of my buddy's junk pile of shocks. <laughs> 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 the leaf springs are the same leaf springs that were in it. Oh no! Oh. All, I'm trying to think. Ooh, I do have my my slider. I did have to buy that. It was like $35. Oh, okay. Big spender. And I had $60. And I had to buy a sheet of Deleron to make the spacers for it, the sliders. Because uh, so, I had like these bare... Yeah. I think I'm in... What was it? I want to say we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of like... Between the Johnny joints and everything else, including the coilovers, about sixteen hundred in my rear suspension. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you measured like, uh, um, you know, articulation per dollar, I'd probably have you beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Um, or mine's nice is like, if I want to get fast with it, it'll rip down the road without a. Or not rip down the road, rip down the trail really quick compared to what it used to on the Leafs. Yeah, mine mine does not do that. Uh, well, if I ran like if I if I put like four pounds of air pressure in the tires, the tires are big enough that it soaks up quite a bit. But yeah, uh, yeah. true. You can that's just air, take all the air out, and that's your suspension. You can just yeah, put yeah. two by fours in to hold the axles up, and it probably wouldn't I'm, feel too bad on a mean, six. Sitting flat on the ground, I only have about two inches of up travel before it hits the bump stops anyway, so... Might as well just be two by fours then. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it basically... Now, there are the squishy, those squishy bump stops, so they do have some give to them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible. The rear suspension is garbage. Um, but being that, it like I said, it's super duper stable, because it doesn't have any flex. <laughs> 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 very predictable that's uh yeah. yes but and you know what i was talking about my wheel hop earlier i that might be the the fact that i have no down or no up travel i think is some of my wheel hop issue um you know when you're doing a climb and i'm trying to get up something i think i'm bottoming bottoming out on you know both act both yeah side just bouncing on the you bump know, stop which, you know gives you like all the spring rate, and then when it bounces up off of it, it gives you none of the spring rate, and then you're back to all the spring rate, and it's just doing that. So I think that's some of it. So yeah. by by making my wheel wells bigger so where I can have more up travel, that would alleviate probably a portion of my issues right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of why I, I just have to bite the bullet and cut my fenders. I know I don't want to. It's, it's okay. Tough. It's tough. The to, I know. I, every time I have to cut factory sheet metal off my Jeep, I'm kind of like like the hood. Most recently, I was I sat there for a minute 
with the hole saw, uh, just sort of debating whether I uh, cut the tube off and figure out how to make it lower, or if I just cut a hole in the hood. And uh, it hurts. It hurts every time. I don't know. I'm in the same boat. I like keeping keeping the body sort of as it is, which is... I, I need problem. I need hole in my hood too and mostly just get heat out because it does heat soak really bad and the old the old Cherokee runs like shit for five minutes after it's set for 10 mm. so I need to do something to get the heat out but you know I'm trying to think. I mean well, I my... saw this really cool thing where people took uh you know in like central air when you have those little metal vents on your floor just fucking pop those in the hood you'll be no mad. that looks so bad <laughs> it's Fine. <laughs> I, I actually had, had a Comanche. It was a it was a turbocharged four liter Comanche on propane. That's and it, sick. Yeah, it had those vents in the hood. <laughs> That's fucking badass. The Home Depot yeah. special. Oh yeah, it was the tippiest, leaniest thing I've ever seen. That thing looked like a death trap. <laughs> I, I would. He asked me to go for a ride with him. I was like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'll watch from afar. So when it, the propane blows up, I'll be over there. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it articulated, it just looked like it was going to fall over on its side. I'm like, God dang. Jeez. <laughs> would it just like, it flop, like the, the body would just roll with. Oh yeah. Yeah. It would just lay right over. Okay. So like it had too soft the springs in it or just terribly set up suspension or I don't know. I, I just, yeah. Needed a roll bar for sure. Yeah, it needs something. Anti-rock or something would help that. Yeah. Yeah. Did we discuss the interior cage yet? We kind of covered it a little bit. You were, you know, on the phone doing your thing. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, it happens. Everybody was sort of uh, gone for that, but did we discuss how how he fits and if he enjoys it and prefers if he? Oh, well, that's, an that's a you question. High... Your internal cage. Do you enjoy your internal? Um, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I've never hit my head on it or nothing. I've got it pretty tight. Um, I still have my headliner in it. Um, so a friend of mine actually had built roll cages and he kind of gave me some pointers on, you know, to like, once you figure out how high it needs to be, he said, um, and where you figure out where it's going to be, drill holes in your floor where the main hoop will go through. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys have heard that before. Yep. So you can like tack weld it in and then you drop the whole thing through your, so it's like, I had to push the headliner up to get the main hoop to fit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just slide my little, you know, my floor, or whatever you call them. Yeah, your trap doors, or that, whatever that was holding the cage up. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, real quick. Super tight. Um, it, I fit in it pretty well. Um, How tall are you? 5'10". Okay, so I'm about the same. So Now for the really important question. What seats do you have in it? Stock. Ah. Yeah, stockers, so... I you know I'd I'd rather I'd like to put a nice set of seats in it, but I will money. warn you now. Also, being five foot ten, be very careful with your seat placement. Um, you're five foot ten, Luke. You're taller than me, dude. No, I'm, he's being he's five foot ten. I'm like five eleven. Nah, you're six foot with your boots on for sure. Okay, whatever. Um. Uh, Blanky motherfucker. <laughs> um, but my head with an internal cage would not fit in my Jeep, even with my seats laid back because of how much taller the seats are. 
and I have my mounts pretty damn close to the floor. So, oh, so just the, the seats are physically taller? Yeah, so like on a suspension seat, right? Because uh, that's what I'm running. You have to have room for your butt to come down uh, on the like the interwoven nylon that forms the suspension part of that seat. So the seats are actually quite a bit taller than the stock XJ seats well, they're are. they're just generally a tiny bit taller, and then you have to build a mount, which generally to actually be able to take the seat off the mount in most cases requires it just sit a tiny bit higher anyways. Um, so, yeah, that makes... Mine are... My mounts... Yours are pretty low. Yeah, they sit a... Um, for where the actual bottom of the seat mount would be is an inch and a half lower up front, and it's about two inches lower out back. So the bo or the back of my seat is almost scraping on the floor. It's still that tall, huh? Yeah. Um, but I also have the Corbu, Fat Boy, whatever the hell they are, the SSs. Um, and they, I have the tall bucket, so your mileage might vary with like a set of daily drivers or something in there. Um, but that's just been my experience and part of the reason I don't like the internal cages. It's a running debate that Cody and myself have been having not yeah. my fault hybrids are ugly okay goddamn yeah i don't i don't i like like i said the reason i still have my fenders is because i like the way the look the jeep looks and i feel like when you put an external cage on it, it just kind of dorkers it up and to each is their own you know what i mean i don't care you do what you do with your jeep it does that kind of it's just for me that's i don't like external cages i'm not now, afraid to show some nodes yeah yeah what yeah. To, I really like Nick's, uh, Jonard's, uh, the way he did his. Yes, yes. Um, nice and I've, I've, other than I like being able to just park my Jeep outside and roll the windows up, and it doesn't, you know, it, it's still sealed up. Like I don't have to worry about stuff, birds getting in there and crapping all over it. <laughs> wait, wait. So it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> He Did you know to the episodes? Yeah, he listens to oh, the he, fucking okay. podcast. <laughs> of course, that's why that was like the perfect reference. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's, the funny thing is, that's... Luke's Jeep's mostly closed off. <laughs> yeah. Now, mine only has like a few small holes in it, and I've still got pet bird shit in it. I don't know how they got in there. I have no idea how they got in there. So, um, but yeah, that the the part of like. My, but my Jeep sits in my barn 99% of the time. But there's occasions where it has to sit out in the rain, you know, and, and man, I just being cutting the roof off of it, I like the idea of it, but, you know, I think the idea is a lot better than the actualness of it. Yeah, unless you build a cover for it to throw on it when you're going to leave it for a minute. And a cover that actually, like, works, right? You'd have to get something. Yeah. I guess you could throw a tarp over the whole thing, but if it was me... I would probably either have something made or buy something that I could make fit uh, and like clip on so it wouldn't go anywhere. You're right. I don't know. Uh, I'd have some real crazy, stupid ideas because I love um, like Australian overlanding type stuff with like pop top land yeah. cruisers. And man, I, I was like, man, having like a, a fiberglass pop top camper on mm. top of my Cherokee. With with the forty twos on it would be pretty badass. Now until you're I going 
You're going crazy it's... now. Get him out of here. <laughs> well, I like the way that's going. I think it's cool, but you went from, oh, I love the Cherokee body to fuck it. Let's embrace the van and make it a camper van with 42s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm all over the place. I am all over the place. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel you on that. <laughs> so, Sorry. like... I, that's not like with the Cherokee truck thingy. I, I was like, man, could I fit one of those camper van roofs on the top of that thing? And that would solve the whole roof, roof problem. I just put a fiberglass pop top on it. And I was like, no, it was about four feet too short. <laughs> I was gusting it. So I measured it. <laughs> that would have been pretty fucking sweet. That would have been a really, really cool, uh, like overlanding rig it would have been long and i'm sure on certain tight trails like if you go anywhere like spectacular i'm sure that'd get interesting but that'd be really fucking cool pulling up to a campground and like that one person who actually knows what you did and you sit there and talk to them for a few hours that'd be pretty cool oh yeah yeah and i i think that right there is a lot of the a lot of the fun things about like my cherokee which i'm sure you guys if you go wheeling without a big group of people you always have people stop and talk to you like i, I I mean, it, obviously you guys can tell i like to talk so <laughs> well that's why you're here man it worked out perfect for sure <laughs> so the the your axles sorry graham do that's fine do you want me to you're keep good. going okay no. cool your axles you ran the stock ford steering for a little bit how did that do did, did was it like is that a viable option that you would suggest people to do or not really it would have worked all i had to do like it would have worked with the steering that I have the way it is. It would have worked. All I had to do was cut the the tie rod uh, off shorter that went into the pitman arm. Or, yeah, that went to the pitman arm so I could get enough adjustment. It was too short. Or too long, I mean. Oh. So once it was down to where the adjuster could adjust up more, it worked. And it was it aligned straight and everything. Um, I never did run it, though. I never actually ran it. Um, that was just more like to get it in and out of the garage. Um, because I, like, I don't know if you guys know anybody in the military or whatever, but I lived, I built that entire Jeep in my government base housing two car garage. I'm not too sure, but that sounds like a whole lot of fun. At least you have a garage. People, I don't, <laughs> I don't know of anybody who's done, done that. I've heard of some, I feel like people on, maybe it was you, I don't know, people on pirate or some of the four by four forums back in the day would work out of stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, that was in like all of it was done off my dryer outlet, you know, just inside the garage door, <laughs> like, you know, the 30 amp dryer outlet. Yep, like that's you go get the extension cord oh, yeah. or make one. And yeah, yeah I made myself a, a 20 foot extension cord. Um, yeah, that my whole Jeep was built that way. So that's fucking great. And then that's a ton of fun because you're like, you've got one plug. So if you have anything else that needs 220, you're like unplugging something, plugging something else in, yeah. forgetting that you didn't plug the other thing back in while, well, it, while they're working. It would be great. I'd go walk in there to like start welding something and the dryer would be running. I'd be like, gosh, dang it, wife. Like, <laughs> it'll work out here. Oh, shit. But there you do laundry. <laughs> Terrible. We actually yeah. have to be clean and clothed. What is this bullshit? Yes. <laughs> um, I built a lot of my Jeep on night shift. So, like, 
I, I um, when I was on nights, I was working uh, 11 o'clock at night until eight in the morning. So on the weekends to try to not mess my schedule up totally, I'd get up at like three in the morning and go out and work in the garage. And one time I was out there welding and then I realized that like with my garage door open and the back door open, like it was just glowing on everybody's house, houses while I was welding. I was like, oh man. <laughs> like like a mad scientist in your fucking garage. Like, <laughs> and, and, like I lived in a duplex. So like my house was attached to somebody else's house. Never, like in, in like get a, any complaints for that stuff? Not a single time. Wow. I, I no idea how I never had a single complaint. I think everybody was maybe afraid of me. (laughs) I'm not a very substantial man. I'm only 150 pounds. I'm 5'10 and 150 pounds, so I don't know why they'd be afraid of me. Damn it. They can't see you with all the the blinding uh, welding welding light at night, right? So I I kids a lot, too, so they probably were afraid of me, though. (laughs) It might have been the few AR-15s as you were walking in and out of the house every once in a while with them, you know? <laughs> they would be like, well, I'm not going to fuck with that guy, all right? <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But, um... I can't... Hey, yeah. Sorry, God. You're good. I can confirm that does cut down on the noise complaints exponentially. <laughs> You're the guy with the guns? Um, oh, yeah. what gear set did you go with? Did you end up just going 538s with it? Yeah, it's oh it's five thirty. We at least covered this. When in the beginning, <laughs> he, talked about, he talked about a lot of that actual staying stock. Okay, so I just had to ask and kind of clarify, especially because yeah, okay, I was okay. looking Pay through all Mr. these. Fuck. I all t- right, ask a fancy question, Grape. Give it to us. Come on, buddy. A fancy question? I don't know. Yeah, We've covered good. a lot in the Jeep. Uh, you got hydro assist impact? on it, right? You have oh. you have factory steering. Do you have hydro assist or no? With yes. the 42s. Yes. Um, it's uh, no, it's the it's hydro assist. It's the redneck redneck oh, ram. You tr- okay. We covered this there we ram. We, we covered it. Feel like I'm supposed to be the one asking the stupid questions because I was gone for like I don't know half hour, forty five minutes of this podcast no, on my way back. No, Cody work. acting like fucking dumbasses. Can't no, no, I forget stuff. I get I get caught up on certain things that people say and I I think about them and especially like when I'm looking like when I, I was going through his Instagram as he was literally describing the build so there was a lot of things that like I was focusing on so I missed some of the small details um but so you know you've been you've been all around the country do you have a raccoon fact or any small uh, fact the funny thing is is like the um the first time I heard you ask about the raccoon fact, I had just realized the raccoon. I have I have two cats that stay in my barn, and they have a I have a cat door. Mm-hmm. I have a raccoon that has started getting in there and dumping the cat food out on the ground, <laughs> and so so I start I started like thinking of ways to make the cat food to get harder to into, and I would go in there, and the the raccoon would have gotten into it. So the last time I took a ratchet strap and just ratchet strapped the lid onto it. And the 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 bat the the thing of cat food was on the other side of the barn. My barn's not little; it's a thirty six by forty eight. It was on the complete opposite end of the barn from where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my random cat, raccoon. But but not the, really a fact, an actual the top, experience. The top stayed on though. Yeah, yeah, it did okay, stay on. Ratchet, so ratchet straps are yeah. effective. Uh, rac- raccoon yeah, proofing. The, well, uh, it's. Achilles heel. It, that's that's what did. 
I have another interesting uh, fact. Despite what raccoons say, they cannot fly planes. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Sorry, we I had, had, I believe, Air Force guy on, so I had to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask my usual tire question. We did talk about your pit bulls, and I, it was actually really cool to hear that somebody actually enjoyed their pit bulls, which was really nice. But nope. Nobody hates their pit bulls because they don't pay that much for them. Yeah, that's really fair. Do they make them? I'm trying to look them up. It just seems like I fell I, off the face. I think they uh, did. I don't know uh, what uh, happened. Ah, uh, 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 uh. oh, God. That was an epic self-destruct. Um, company owner basically just, like, lost his mind. And, uh, like, he had been getting roasted about the fact that the costs went up. And he's like, I'm moving it to China or overseas. And then... Oh, yeah. Um... He got roasted for that, and we haven't heard from him since. Yeah, that's that's half the reason I wanted like the fact that they're American made, and I got them super cheap. So I was surprised to see that my Nittos are made in Japan. Um, I know that like obviously Nitto is a Japanese mm-hmm. company, but yeah. a lot of them are made in America, uh, in Georgia, if I remember correctly, at the Toyo facility. There's a there's a there's one in South Carolina also, I believe. But I knew some people. That's like saying you were surprised that Kawasaki was a you know made in Japan. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a Falcon or a General or you know. Falcons uh, are made in Japan. Yeah, but I'm, okay, there we go. There's that's I wouldn't really consider Falcon a Japanese word, but Nitto kind of falls in that. Uh, um, yes. But the 37s are made here. The 40s aren't. Weird. That's that's why I thought it was kind of weird. Because well, like, I know people that have... Under, uh, there's an underground market in Japan for 40-inch nittos that, you know... They, they you'd be surprised. Over. I think Taiwan has a really... Uh, like, a, a strong following for off-road shit. I believe oh, it's no. Taiwan. Yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f- I follow a guy. I can't remember. Um, he's a. I think we follow each other. He's a uh, like pro rock or something like that. That's out out of like. Oh yeah, yeah, that shop, right? Pro rock, pro rock um, engineer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man, he builds some. They build some cool stuff, and their shop is just like a a giant lean to or something. Like it's all yeah. built out. Yeah, they build some cool stuff. And the bodywork they can do on some of the rigs, like I think they did, I forget what it was. It was like a Tacoma or something that they were changing the flare style on to be more like the Land Cruiser or something along those lines, yeah. either one way or the other. Yeah. And they made the fenders, which are traditionally plastic or some. It's not metal. They built them out of metal, and it looked. Like exactly the same, but it's all you know, cool. all the body lines are hand done, from what I understand. Like yeah. crazy shit. That, I think I I was following him before, but um, I think he's the guy that like the the dirt everyday guys went out there and built that uh, that Land Cruiser pickup truck. Yep, that's them. And they that was he did all this body work with just a hammer and dolly. Yeah, absolutely it, it, insane. It just yeah, I love watching old school. Old school bodywork guys it's do like their magic. thing. I don't know how they do it. 
yeah, I'm I'm nothing. I'm not. I, I yeah, I'm not that good. <laughs> I don't claim to be that good either. Yeah, I'm not good at all. I'm not even close to that. <laughs> but um, what else do we do? We have have we covered everything? I think Cody wanted to hit a tire question, but he had to run. Um. So I know we we keep talking about like your other motorsport hobbies. You wanna wanna touch on those a few uh, for a few minutes here and uh... yeah. Um. So kind of when I was working at Moab Off Road, those guys were kind of into dirt biking too. Mm-hmm. Um. So that kind of got me into trail riding on dirt bikes and stuff. And um. Let's see. At some point, a few years later, I actually got a job at a power sports uh, shop. That was like a, a Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, Honda dealership. Um, I worked there in the parts department for four years, I think. And um, I got big into drag racing bikes. I, I drag raced um, a, a, an all-motor Hayabusa. I drag raced a turbo Hayabusa, uh, a ZX-12, a R6, and a ZX-14 um, over those, you know, probably about five or six years. Um, I think I've been eight nineties on a Hayabusa in the quarter and I was at 160 something. I don't remember. That was just 10 years ago. So yeah. that when they do the whole, I think I've seen a couple drag racing bikes. They've got the stretched rear frame for the stability and whatnot. Were you doing that stuff? This was a stockish wheelbase. I think it was only like two over. It was, it was as short as you could be. And st- like, it was not long. Huh. Uh, so it takes a, it takes a hell of a rider. Not to pat myself on the back. No, but it's, yeah, it's, that's, <laughs> But, <laughs> that shit's scary. I, um, I can't imagine that. I always, I always enjoyed short, short wheelbase bikes. Um, my ZX14, um, it was all stock motor, um, stock wheelbase, um, and it, I went 930 at 151 on it, and it was a bone stock ZX14. Um, I actually had the opportunity to go down and race like big name guys down in Indy, down at like an official drag race down there. I didn't do any well, but that was because these guys get paid to do it. But it was pretty fun. That's all that uh, matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a black. I I love riding motorcycles, but I just, uh, you know, I love drag racing motorcycles more. It's it's a blast. It's it's a rush. Like, um, like I've like one four something sixty. Like going sixty feet in one point four seconds is just the, the amount of G's you have is yeah. just insane. On a bike, on a motorcycle, trying to keep it from wheeling in. There's so much going on. Um, it's it's a fun thing. I haven't done it in quite a while. Um, I was big into uh, uh, Mustangs. I, that's where my name comes from. Mustang XJ Craig. I had a Mustang before I had an XJ. Hmm. Um, it was pretty rowdy. It was a it was you know your heads cam and intake five liter Mustang. Nothing super crazy, but I had a a G Force. Um, what they call it? A dog ringed. Uh, what was they call? A straight cut and dog ringed. Uh, transmission in it um so it doesn't have synchronizers it's more like a it's almost like a transmission in a motorcycle where you can like clutchless shift shift it mm-hmm. um and okay. yeah so and it had it had 14 gears in it and a nice nice axle shafts and um it, it ran low 12s it would it would lift the driver's side tire you know uh, you could see light under it it wasn't nothing super fast but it was a really fun car to drive um, I actually sold it. That's the nicest car I've ever owned. That wasn't like a new car. Um, I sold it to a friend of mine out in Las Vegas, and he's 
just this past year he's he's won like six or seven giant car shows with it so it actually is a really nice car Damn. and it and pretty fast what year um, was it it was a 91 okay and it was forest green it was a it was a lx hatchback sweet so it, yeah that's uh, what else am I into? I'm, I love RC cars too. Um, I spent way too much money. RC, I was, like when the pandemic hit, yeah, uh, we were doing like two week on, two week off at work. So I was just like sitting around, not doing anything. So uh, me and the kids went out and bought a bunch of RC cars, and <laughs> I'm convinced. Awesome. I'm convinced. My son has this. I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's not a cheap. It's not like a cheapo RC car. It's like a legit, like hobby grade, and. I'm convinced that my son actually created like a perpetual motion machine one time. Like he could crash it so bad, like it would never stop flipping end over end. Um, <laughs> and have you ever seen that video of the girl that get hit in the face while she's riding her bicycle at like a BMX track by RC car? Yeah. My son literally did that to my daughter, like jumps on, <laughs> jumped it and hit her right in the face. Like, <laughs> so, um, children. Yeah. Children. <laughs> Um, let's see. I love pit bikes too, like little dirt bikes. Um, I had a, I had a old Honda XR 70 that had a, a BBR, uh, big bore, uh, stroker motor. in it. it was like 106 PCs. Um, it was way too fast. It was stock suspension. Basically. Um, it was way too fast for the bad suspension, but I'd take it out and I'd ride it with, <laughs> with my buddies on their CR two fifties and stuff. <clears throat> so, I know you said that you were doing stuff with the five liter. What's your thoughts on the five liter as a potential XJ swap engine? I'm not saying that I would do it in my current XJ, but it was always one of those weird, like little things that sat at the back of my mind because it seemed like it would be a fairly decent little swap. And those motors are really small. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in, Real estate, it takes up. It's a little bit smaller than an LS because their short deck is what they would, you know, the 351 Windsor would probably be more equivalent to like an LS size. Um, they're a little taller. Um, but I, I actually think that like they make real good low end torque for being relatively small cubic inches um, with, a, with a nice set of heads and a, and a cam and an intake manifold. They make good horsepower. They can make 400 horsepower. Um, yeah, I, I really think if I ever did an engine swap, I don't think I would because my Jeep runs really good. It, it'll it rev, it'll flip to red line real quick. Like, you know, a lot of it has to do with gearing and the four to one transfer case and stuff. But if I was ever doing an engine swap, I'd have a hard time not doing like a, a 302 or a Windsor swap over an LS swap. Just because yeah, I like just it was one of those cool things that always like sat in the back of my mind and it would be kind of cool to put into something like a Renix or an early body style XJ because of how simple it would be to get all the gauges and everything else running and, you know, run something like a Phytech or a Dominator on it. And I feel like it would probably rip pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah, it'd probably run pretty good. Um, the the only downside, the 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 upside and downside to a Ford motor is the same thing. The distributor's on the front, um, which makes it easier to push the motor back up against the firewall. But it also it's just killing out there for the water to go right down in it. Um, so that would be one of the downsides to it. Uh, on the other hand, though, I hate mud. 
I've had my fun with getting the Jeep oh. swamped, and I never want to do that again. Yeah, I, I I hate mud also, but you never know when something stupid happens, you know. Um, <laughs> there's been a few times where I've had to hit the big hole. I, I had a video. It was a terrible video, and I had a like terrible video of my Jeep go viral of it coming out of a mud hole, and th there was nowhere else to go. Like, there was 20 people behind me and we would have had to back down this one vehicle wide trail for like 400 yards that was zigzaggy or go forward through this mud hole that nobody knew where the bottom was. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going forward. So I just threw a gear <laughs> on it. And then everybody else was like, after they saw me go through it and they were like, ah, oh, we're going to back up. <laughs> it was that deep. Oh, it was nasty. I was on the limiter in second gear and it was barely moving. It, it was nasty. It was bad. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, when I hit it, I was like, I'm, I might not get out of this. This might be where the days. So it was pretty bad. Did you have a winch at the time at least or no? Yeah, I did have a winch. Really good. Um, which is funny because I, I, up until probably, I think it was last summer at Badlands, that was the first time I'd ever used my winch was last summer at Badlands. I, it's been on there the whole time I've had it. Um, I, I, was driving along and I was, it was, I was there by myself. I was just me and a buddy of mine. And I didn't come with like a group of people or nothing. It was just us two uh, in my Jeep. And I was just driving along and I kind of was like, Oh shit, I'm kind of stuck in an area where I got to go through this hole right here. Didn't look like anybody driving through it for a long time. So I just figured it would, you know, nothing. And dude, it sunk. Like I couldn't get my door open. That's how far it sunk. I was like, uh Oh, so, you know, in the next, when you're on 43s and you're 42s and you can't get your door open, it's a deep hole. Yeah. So I had to do it. Yeah, it didn't move. Like, it, it went into it and I gave it gas and the tire spun and it didn't go forward and I put it in reverse and it didn't go backwards. I was like, huh. Woo. Yeah, that's not okay. So. Yeah, I actually, I hadn't used my winch at all and then like the last two times that i've taken the jeep out i've used the winch repetitively so it's weird you never use it and then like you just randomly need it and it's nice to have it yeah and mine's a cheap mine's a cheap rough country winch that i technically got for free so i was well, that one ones. they work <laughs> our show one time and there was not a single vehicle in the like the truck four wheel drive class, so I just defaultedly won it. <laughs> and and the win, yeah, yeah, because there's literally nobody else. Like just no trucks up and no four before showed up, so I just defaulted won it, and I won like a thousand dollar gift certificate to Rough Country. I was wow. like, yeah, yeah. So I I was like, well, I really literally don't want anything. So because uh, my Jeep was, it, and I think it was on thirty fives at the time. But I was like, I guess I'll take that ugly bumper and a winch. You know. Yeah. So, oh, fuck up. When's the win? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I cut the bumper up to make it not quite so ugly and the winch is the same winch I'm still using. Yeah, I picked up one of those uh Smitty belts and it's just been okay. Yeah, not the greatest, not the worst. It's just okay. Yep. It's the same winch Cody's got. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> it works good. It makes all kinds of racket when it's when you put a big heavy load on it. Um, <laughs> and in reality, I've used it way more to pull my tractor out because I have a pond and I do a lot of cleaning up work around the edge of my pond. And I've buried my Kubota so many times around the edge of my <laughs> pond. So I've used my Jeep Jeep winch to pull my tractor out more than anything. 
in reality. How big's your Kubota? Uh, it's a thirty-nine horse, thirty-nine oh one. Okay. It's it, yeah, it's not the little guy, but it's 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 decent. Um, so yeah, yeah, I got a in a backhoe and all kinds of stuff to go with it. That's nice. a decent sized little tractor. Yeah, and then I have a gigantic international. I don't know if you see my pictures on my Instagram. I, it's huge. So I can't remember off of the top of my head because of my problems with scrolling through everything, but <laughs> I'll go check it out. Yeah, that 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 was my that tractor. Like my grandpa, it's an international five sixty. It's a nineteen sixty one. My grandpa bought it back in like the late sixties, early seventies, and then he sold it in an auction in like ninety nine. My dad found it for sale like a few years later and bought it back, and then I my mom gave it to me. So it's kind of family heirloom kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's, that's sweet. Cool. So it blows my mind. It, when it, we had a real bad storm back in like January, and it was like twelve degrees outside, and I went out there and it fired right up. It sits outside and it fired right up. Damn! Wow. I went. I went out and had the scraper blade on it and ran up and down the. the I live out in the country, so I plowed the dry, the road about a mile each way with it, and it never had any issues. Pretty sweet, and the Kubota is not small either. I just saw a picture of that behind the Yukon. Yeah. So that's a decent little tractor there. I mean, it's not little, but. Yeah. We keep saying decent little, and it's just it, the oxymorons that are being created is just not working. <laughs> it's not, and I'm terrible for it. But like, it's not as big as the international, but it's not like a yard tractor either. No, 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 no. It's it's a good size tractor for sure. Bigger than my tractor. Um, but and yeah, and that the. Uh, my Yukon, it was a. I had a pretty built motor in it because it was a Denali, so it had the six two in it. Oh shit! And it had, it had a cam in it and a custom tune. And man, that sucker! They have a six thousand RPM tack, and it would just. I, I had it tuned where it would just the tack would just go over and, and hit six thousand and just sit there, and then and then it would shift. <laughs> so I think I had I think I had it set to shift at like sixty six hundred RPMs. Holy shit! Wow. It, it was stupid. <laughs> It was like I had to put, I went, after I did all the work to it, about a month later, I went and bought a nice set of uh, rotors and pads for it because it it did not stop fast enough for how fast it was. It had to be a bit of fun, you know, and like, that's a decent little sleeper. I'm going to imagine it wasn't like stupidly quick, but it probably got up and went pretty well. It went low 14s in a quarter mile. Damn. For, yeah, for a 6,000-pound, 6,500-pound SUV, it, it was quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I train on my new truck, so I'm spoiled wow. now. <laughs> Is that a Cummins or a Hemi? That's a Hemi. It's, it's a power wagon, actually. Sweet. I don't know if you know what a power wagon is, but... Uh, I've got way too much time working under one of the first gen... Or not first gens, but the first... The third gen, but the first generation of the return. A uh, good friend of mine had one that would not stop eating the front end. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and when I say eating the front end, I mean, we put a ring and pinion in it. Um, and about five sets of ball joints and at least four tie rods and two track bars. No kidding. Huh. 
Yeah. I Seems mean, like it didn't help. Wrong. <laughs> we think the truck was wrecked at some point because yeah. the bed had been bondoed, and we think that the frame wasn't perfectly square, so it was like dog-legging a little down the road because we always kind of, like, if you followed it, it didn't look quite right, but there was nothing on the Carfax and, like, no paperwork to back it up. Yeah. Yeah, that may, I mean, that makes sense if it was eating stuff that something wasn't square. Yeah, because but... even with new control arms, it was still not square, you know, and you know how the Dodge front ends are. They're not like, uh, there's not a lot of adjustment in there. You've got your hole and then you've got your built-in caster adjustments, and if you don't touch them, they're really close on that gen to uh, first gen XJ. Or, sorry, an XJ. Yeah, these these ones, they're more like a the front end, the way the front ends are made, they're more like a Ford now. Um, they're more like a radius arm in like a Super Duty Ford. Um, and it has, instead of having like the, you know, the mount where it just bolts, the, you know, the one bolt in the back and the two in the front. Yep. It has one in the back, one in the front on the bottom, and then has an upper link that comes off. And it actually has like a pivot ball in it. So it can actually allow the axle to roll when it articulates. That's different kind of yeah. cool it's yeah it's kind of a different front suspension but i i tried to go wheeling in it and it like it's way different than wheeling the xj i wheeled it for like 20 minutes and i was like oh about enough of that this truck costs way too much to crash it <laughs> <laughs> it's heavy on that yeah it's it's way heavy so and now, now i five five thirty a gallon so i can't even afford to drive it feel <laughs> that that's for sure Shit. Well, alrighty though. I think we've uh I think we talked about quite a bit. We got to learn a shit ton about you, hear some pretty cool stories, and learn that uh leaf springs are more more per dollar or wait, less per dollar per inch of travel or some shit like that. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it still works Dude, damn well. I mean, uh buy twelve hundred dollar Devers, then that don't count, but yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but thank you seriously. Thank you for coming on. You did a really really good job. You talked amazingly, which is always always awesome for us. Uh, it makes our jobs a whole hell of a lot easier. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, I, I don't really do much. Uh, Instagram's about the only thing I really do is you know Mustang S X J Craig. Uh, I do have a YouTube uh, thing, and it's if you look me under Darnell Craig. I don't have any recent videos on there, but I had some of my drag racing stuff on there and some of my Jeep and stuff. Um, but that's really it. Um, I don't get on Facebook, but about once a month. And it's usually just to see how many thousands of notifications I have and for and 4,000 for its requests. Um, that's about all I do. I use Facebook for Marketplace and that's it. So, Well, again, thank you very much for coming on. And please make sure you guys go check out him on Instagram. He's got, what, 30, 3,600 followers or some crazy shit like that? Or is it more than that, right? I don't know. I don't pay no attention. Well, he's got a hell of a lot of followers, and he's just letting them all sit there. For good reason. It's a good Jeep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, hell yeah. It's a beautiful Jeep. Jeep. I'm not going to lie. I followed it because it was silver, and it had big tires initially. (laughs) (laughs) And my number, I was like, I got a silver Jeep. It'll look like that one day. And now here we are talking to you. So we are. Well, yeah. Well, thank you very much guys for listening and cat food ratchet strapped and, uh,